This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. Let's have a look at a post-2019 general election in South Africa world with Nazmira Muller, who's Deputy MD at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. And joining her and joining me is Jeremy Gardner, Director at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. A satisfactory result, I think, Nazmira. And I think we can be proud to say these elections were free and fair. I think we can definitely say they were free and fair, Lindsay. There was occasional reports of problems, but the vast majority... Um, of findings were absolutely no issues, so that's great. Um, and in terms of the results, I think satisfactory under the circumstances um, is a good way to assess it. Jeremy Gardner, satisfactory under the circumstances. There is something, there's a hidden meaning there. What do you think? No, I think Nismir is quite right. It certainly ticks a lot of boxes. It gives the president enough of a mandate to go on. I mean, there were fears that the ANC could do a lot worse than that, in which case they would have had to go for alliance partners, possibly the EFF populist policies coming through. They're not going to have to do that. So I think, as Ms. Mary said, it makes, it, it makes a lot of sense, this result, and we can be thankful. Um, certainly from a financial perspective for this result. We have a relatively mature democracy now, and I think this is a unique position for a relatively mature democracy for someone to say, okay, there was a lot of bluster before the election, and we said we were going to do this, and we said we weren't going to do that. But now with this five-year period ahead, I think Mr. Ramaphosa and his cabinet and his team has the unique opportunity, which many democracies don't have, to say, right, we are going to do this because we are in a dominant position. Nazmira, do you think that there's a time for a sea change in South Africa when it comes to policy. I think a sea change is vitally needed in South Africa right now. I think maintaining the status quo in terms of policy, in terms of the financial trajectory of Eskom or the country is ultimately unsustainable and will result in significant funding issues down the line. So I think it's absolutely necessary that we see Mr. Ramaphosa use this result from the election as a um, authorization for him to take some bold moves. He's not a man normally given to them, but that is what is necessary at this point. But Naz, is that possible given the, the two, I mean, absolutely, see if a, a big change is necessary, but is it possible and how much is he going to be able to maneuver given the two different factions within the party? Jeremy, I I tend to think that the results we saw this week demonstrated the support for the president over the party. And part of the reason, the main part of the reason I say that, is the differential in terms of the ANC support at national level versus provincial level. This is not a result about the ANC. This is a result about Cyril Ramaphosa. That's how I think about it, and I would hope that's how he thinks about it. So if he goes for the very cautious approach, then I think growth will fail to pick up. And exactly what we fear, which is that the opposition in the ANC will try and take control, will happen. He needs growth as much as the country does at this stage. So you think 57% gives him the mandate he needs? 
I think 57% gives him the mandate, coupled with the fact that they so narrowly held on to Gauteng. I don't want to get into a political debate between the two of you, or the three of us rather, but do you think that there is going to be some factional infighting? And if he is bold and does institute sea changes that we spoke about a few moments ago, do you think there's any chance that there will be discontent within the party and that will hamper him somewhat? A question for both of you. I think there's no doubt that there will be discontent if he goes hard forward on policy. Uh, The question is what happens with that discontent. Is the discontent strong enough to actually neutralize what he's trying to do? Could you even see some people perhaps leaving, setting up a splinter party um, in exchange for... Naz, is it 2022 or 2024 when the next... As I understand it, um, the president is safe until 2022, or is it 2024? So the next ANC Congress is in 2022, the next South African election is in 2024. So theoretically, it's possible for him to lose the ANC presidency and remain South Africa's president. But I suspect if that were to happen, Jeremy, we'd see a move against him pretty soon after that conference. So that's why I think of 2022 as the safe point. He's got three years. Okay. One of the big questions, uh, one of the big rumours circulating a month or two before elections was that um, even with a strong mandate, you might still see the opposite faction within the ANC try to oust the president shortly after elections. Um, Nas, correct me if I'm wrong, but we did ask most of the country's top political analysts that very question. They almost all seem to say that he's pretty safe at least until 2022. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. I think what we were seeing was a bunch of people trying to make it possible. So if you talk about it a lot, you try and create rumors and it becomes part of the consciousness and therefore the possibility of ousting him beforehand becomes viable, which does two things. One, it creates some leverage. So it allows you to try and contain policy, try and contain prosecutions. But secondly, it does table the viable option. That's something that has never been done before, which is to remove an anti-president outside um, a conference could become a reality. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing if everything goes swimmingly and these uh, new changes, these radical changes that we hope will be instituted are instituted and suddenly the international environment, Naz, uh, scuppers, our, scuppers our ambitions because in your piece that you kindly sent me, you say the international environment is distinctly unhelpful. We've got trade wars, we've got North Korea, we've got Iran now, we've got oil tankers being attacked in the Gulf of Oman and suddenly something could happen when just when we're starting, starting the journey to get our act together, the international markets, as I said, scupper all those ambitions. I think they could make them distinctly much more difficult. So therefore, it's absolutely vital that we take control of the things we can take control of. I'm also aware, and Jeremy, I'd I'd like like to hear your thoughts on this, but I'm I'm also aware that Sir Ramosa can't do everything. So as much as I would like him to reduce costs at Eskom significantly by cutting headcount and prosecute a whole lot of people that have been accused of corruption, and loosen visa regulations and implement a sensible mining charter and, and, and. I don't think it's possible to do everything because there are too many fights to be picked. So, Jeremy, what do you think the key one or two things are that he should do? 
Well, I just, if I can just take, pick up on what Lindsay was saying just before, um, one thing which would really help him is a bit of a tailwind globally. And I must say, this just feels like deja vu. It really does. Because last year we started off so well in 2018. We had Ramaphoria, and then suddenly April, May, Trump declared economic war in the Chinese, foreign investors pulled out of emerging markets, and it all soured quite significantly. And to an extent, we've had the same this year. Just as we get our lift after elections, now suddenly it looks as though the global environment might sour again um, and upset, upset everything we were looking for. Finally, as the planets aligned in favor of emerging markets um, with the pickup in equity markets that we saw at the beginning of this year. So I'm really worried that the global environment is not going to give them the support and may actually make it turn it into a headwind. That's the first thing. But second of all, I think that there just are a few things that the president could do quite quickly. Um, policy to make South Africa more investor-friendly. Um, there's a couple of things that we could do, allowing skilled immigrants into the country so that we can start creating more jobs. That's quite an easy one to do. Lift all the visa regulation. I mean, we still apparently have visa regulation that makes it complicated for tourists. If we could lift that and get tourism going. I think the figure is for every eight foreign tourists, one permanent job is created. That is an industry that we can grow significantly, immediately, just by making it easier. And just on that note, on a personal note, Jeremy, you're quite right. It's so easy to lift these visa regulations. I have applied for my permanent residency every single month for the last six and a half years, and I get no reply from Home Affairs. I won't go there because I don't have the time to go there. I don't have the stomach to go and queue. But these things are so easy to do. And Nazmira, as Jeremy says, there are so many easy things to do immediately. The difficult stuff comes with the meaty matters later on. Yeah, I think that's right, Lindsay. I think that I'm hesitant to say it's easy. I think it's obvious. But visa regulations should be easy. Um, cutting jobs at Eskom, I think, will be the difficult one. Yeah, quite right. There are going to be low hanging. There's going to be low hanging fruit, and and the difficult stuff. Nesmira, let's have a look at our portfolio positioning, or rather, Investec Asset Management portfolio positioning. It's probably a little bit too early for you to say, well, we've had these meetings and we've decided that this is our asset allocation for the next few months or next couple of years, given what has happened with the election. But your immediate reaction to what has happened is probably quite comforting because the, the RAND and the bond market have re- reacted quite favourably to our election process. I think that's exactly right. So we've had the currency react favourably, outperform most emerging markets over the last week. And we've seen the equity market, particularly the domestic shares, also perform well. I think... We are still a little bit cautious. We want to see actual progress, and therefore the president's cabinet is going to be our first thing to watch. I would expect it almost definitely by the end of the month. I think the fixed income team was quite optimistic into the election. I think at this point in time, we'd be turning a little bit more cautious, still optimistic on the inflation outlook, but the budgetary dynamics are worrying, um, particularly with Eskom. I'm fascinated to see how they've been keeping the lights on for the last month nonstop. I worry that there's a lot of diesel being burnt there. In terms of the more multi-asset portfolios, our absolute return products remain quite cautious. Um, They have been for some time. And our more um, benchmark relative portfolios were um, 
heavier weights in the mining space, but looking at the domestic sectors as well. So just just to summarise, Naz, when it comes to local assets, South African assets, ceteris paribus, in other words, if there is no disaster overseas, we are cautiously optimistic with a note of caution about the local situation, whether it be the RAND, whether it be the bond market, whether it be fixed income, whether it be a JSC securities exchange listed securities that are skewed towards South Africa. We are cautiously optimistic and our cautious optimism is based on a hope that we see growth improving as the president implements a reform agenda. Without that reform agenda, the growth doesn't materialize and that cautious optimism um, will start to fade. Nazmira, thank you very much for your time. Nazmira Muller is Deputy MD at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town, joined by Director of Investec Asset Management in Cape Town, Jeremy Gardner.